everybody and welcome to I Don't Care, the podcast. A podcast about any and everything. Because who likes to be put in a box? That's my catch line. But welcome to today's episode. I wanted to record today because the weather was nice. But by the time I took a shower and sit down, it's it's what? It's four o'clock. And as we all know in Vancouver, the sun starts to set at like... 3.30. So I have my artificial lights here instead. And I am in my upstairs living room because it's cozy. I have Luna sleeping right there. She's like scared of my equipment that's right here. You guys can't see it. But I have my computer and a sound system right here. And, and she's a scaredy cat, so she's afraid of it. So she will not come. But maybe she'll have a guest appearance up here if I convince her. Okay, so yeah, today we are going to be discussing for all the new actors out there or people who want to switch agents, my advice and my tips on how to get an agent because, yeah, I feel like there's a strategy to it. Um to ensure that you have the best chances at getting an agent. So we'll talk about that and I will go into detail about that in a bit. But for right now, we are going to get into my I don't care of the week, which is hair. Hair for multiple reasons. Number one, first and foremost, is that I have no idea how to style how to style hair. I have genuinely no idea what I'm supposed to do to my hair. So when I get out of the shower, all I think is like, okay, let's blow dry the top of my head so that it's the least frizzy and let's style these bangs as best as I can because if I don't, then they just look so stupid. And I mean, I th- I, th- I think I'm okay at styling my bangs, but uh, I just don't really get it. Like, there's some people who know how to make their bangs and their hair just beautiful. Like, you just had a blowout. And I'm just not one of those people. I don't understand how to make your hair bouncy and voluminous and whatever. So I kind of just have flat sort of hair but it's super healthy so whatever um but the main reason this is my I don't care this week is because even if I clean my hair out of the sink out of the shower the drains still get clogged and it is still my hair in there that's clogging it And then when my mom goes to clean it she gets mad at me for not cleaning out my hair even though I did clean my hair. It's just like random little strands that get loose or that try to like blame me. But it's not that I'm just leaving hair to get, you know, washed away. I am, I am uh, fully cleaning it to my best ability. But um, it's just not good enough, I guess. This is another I don't care. I don't care about things finding its way into my eyeballs is very uncomfortable very annoying especially because 
I can't look right now because I'm sort of busy. But, um, yeah. Just know there's something in my eye here. Anyways, so, yeah, my I don't care is hair. And then I don't know how to un... Like, how do you find your hair to unclog the sink? You have to use one of those super long things with, like, a little hook on the edge. And you're going in blindly. And then you're pulling out all the hair plus all the black grossness that's in there. And you're like, well, now I need to clean it because it's gross. And it's just, like, a process. All because some random little strands of hair decided to go down the drain instead of in the napkin into the garbage and then I get blamed for all of it because it's my washroom so I understand but I'm not purposely trying to clog up the freaking you know the sink I'm not trying to do that but it happens what can we do? There is still something in my eye. But yeah, this week we are going to talk about agents and how to get them, the different kinds of agents. Um, for me, we're going to focus on how to get a principal agent. I don't know the process for background um, or for doubles, but I do know the process for principal agents. And you're going to want a principal agent if you want lines, if you want to be a guest star, a principal, a lead, um, a reoccurring, uh, well, a reoccurring guest star, an actor, you're going to need a principal agent in order to get lines and actual screen time. If you want to just be in the background and, and you know, eating dinner at a restaurant in the back, or if you want to be a party goer at a party if you want to be the people that are in the back making the scene look like it's a real life occasion then you're going to want to get a background agent it's not recommended that you do background work when you're going into principal acting now i say it's not recommended but i actually think it's a 50 50 thing like some people say yes go ahead you can do it and some people are like no don't do it and I will give you the reasoning for both and then you as the actor can decide whether you're on the train of no I don't want to do background acting or yeah I'll do background acting I lean towards the no more than the yes because it makes more sense for me but I'm gonna pause take this thing out of my eye and then I'll come back and tell you those two reasons. I am back with nothing in my eye. I had two eyelashes poking into my eye plus um, a piece of fur. So, yes, there's no wonder why I was very aggravated by what would, whatever was in my eye. But let's get back into the two different reasons of why you, sh you could or you might opt out of doing background work if you are trying to become a principal actor. So the reason people say not to is because when you go on set, when you are a person on set, whether you're a director, an actor, a background actor, an AD, the videographer, the whatever, 
you are building connections. You are creating a reputation for yourself. So when an actor is on set, you get to know people. You shake your their hand. Hi, I'm Alexia. I play this character. And then, you know, they will talk to you. And you guys ask each other questions. And you get to know each other knowing, oh, I'm... I'm Alexia, a principal actor, and this is the director. But if you're a background actor, there's actually a rule that you can't talk to the directors. Um, or, I mean, a director can't direct you. Or else you have to be paid an actor's fee. So you're never, as a background actor, going to get the chance to be directed from the director first of all, which means that the director is never focusing on you, never paying attention to you, doesn't really care if you're there or not because you have, as a background, you have a separate director. Usually the first AD directs you. Um, and then as principal actors or leads or whatever, you are being directed by the actor. I mean, sorry, by the director and the director comes to greet you and get to know you. So the reputation you are building as a background actor is that you are background. Is that you play no, you don't have a part in the story and that you are there to help the scene look real. Which is very important. It is like like obviously we need background actors because if we didn't then all movies would look like shit but if you are trying to build a reputation for your career if you are trying to build a career in acting I wouldn't recommend doing the background work because you then become a background actor you are known to be a background actor. Someone might be like, oh, I recognize you. Why do I recognize you? And you might be like, oh, well, I was doing background for this. And then it's like, oh, you're a background actor. And there's no shame towards background actors. But again, it's the reputation you make for yourself. So if people see you as a principal actor every time you go to set, you are a principal actor. You're not a background actor, you're a principal actor. So yes, obviously you can change people's interpretations of you, but it's harder. It's harder to have a first impression have to be changed than to have a first impression be, oh, this is a serious principal actor. So I think that's the biggest reason why for me that I don't do it is because you're constantly building a brand for yourself. And Part of that is networking, and it's really, really hard to network if you are not in the same room as the actors. Because when you are background, you're not even placed in remotely the same area as the actors. Background, I don't even know where the background goes. But the actors, we get placed in a room, like a nice room. We get, you know, jackets and we get booties and we get to stay warm. 
background, you don't get that luxury either. Um, you kind of just get put somewhere and it's like, okay, be quiet. But the actors, we get to talk to each other. We get to have communication. We get to learn about each other. We get to ask each other about their process, about what projects they've been in. Or you can just talk about nothing. Me and an actress called, um, or not called, her name is Breck Bassinger. She plays, um, I believe the show is Stargirl. Is it Stargirl? Let me see. It might not be Stargirl. But anyways, me and this actress were literally just talking about Starbucks. Um, she was saying how in America, Stargirl, she is Stargirl in the show Stargirl. So, yeah, we were just talking about like how in Starbucks there is no venti because apparently it's like illegal to have that match that much caffeine this is her for the people watching star girl so yeah we were literally just talking about Starbucks and then I had more of a genuine conversation with some of the other actors about their process how they like to learn their lines how they like to prepare for scenes so it's you have that chance as an actor to talk to people who are successful in what you are wanting to be successful in. You don't get that luxury with background. I, you don't really talk to background much. It's like high school. Everyone has their clique. And you don't really mix those groups together. That's what, like, on-set life is. There's cast, there's crew, there's background. Where do you fall under? So it's just a matter of what reputation do you want to have and how important is connection and talking and learning to people who have done what you want to do. So that's what matters to me. Is that networking and is that reputation? Because now when I go on set again and maybe I recognize someone, they'll also recognize me after I'm like, oh, we did this movie together. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, you were this person. And I'll be like, yeah. But if you're a background, they'll be like, oh, you were, oh, you're a background. Okay, nice. That's cool. Period. Like, there's nothing really else to go off of. However, the positives to background is you're getting lots of experience on set on set experience you get to learn how everything works you get to watch directors direct and then you get to watch actors implement the direction as an actor when you're on set you don't watch um, other actors act I was trying to But I was so in my head of, okay, this is my mark. This was my direction. This is my eye line. The camera's right there. The lighting's right there. The other actors are there. I have to look there. I have to talk here. My hand goes here. Like you're you're thinking so much of all the technical stuff that you don't have time to watch other actors act. You're just like, make sure you don't fuck up. So as a background actor, you can watch 
You can see the direction. You can see if the actors are actually on their mark or not. You can see the changes they've made or what they did different from the last take and this take and what's better. And, and then you can watch the first AD and you can watch the director and you can watch everyone. It's, it's just like a zoo. You get to just watch and learn, which is really um, a good opportunity to learn how everything works. And obviously, the other perk to background acting is the money. It's quick and easy money. Uh, you know, you still get fed. You still get lots of luxuries. Like, let's be honest, being any kind of actor on set is a luxury. Um, it's a lot of sitting, a lot of waiting. It's a lot of marking. It's a lot of uh, talking. And then it's a little bit of actually being at work on set. Action, scene, cut. Action, scene, cut. Action, scene, cut. Okay, take a break for reset. They reset the cameras. Action, scene, cut. Like it's a lot of just do the scene a few times, then give them like 30 minutes to, you know, move all the cameras. And then you go back and you mark the spots you do a rehearsal of the scene so you can block it out and then you go back down so they can prepare everything for you and then you come back to set and then you do it and then you do you do that process again um so yeah when you are a background actor you can explore you can get some of those benefits you can um become a union member as well from doing background work and you can earn money you can make a living off of that i think the the most important question is just what is your end goal what is your dream and what best suits that if you need the money and the experience do background and you know and um make that money and to get that experience if you don't just go fully into principal work so that's just like a, a breakdown of whether or not you want to become background or not I chose not to I chose to completely become a principal actor I don't know 100% the rules on having a background act um, agent and a principal agent I know that you can have both. Um, you can have, there's, there's um, agents that do both. It's not really common. It's not really recommended because you want to be super available for any principal work and all auditions that come with having a principal agent. That is really, really important. And being background can also, you know, take away from, your full attention to becoming a principal actor. So that's just something to think of first and foremost. Then once you've decided whether you want to fully become a principal actor or not, you need agents. So the rest of this is going to be focused on principal agents, period. Now, I say principal a lot and pretty much principal agents is just like the basic term for actual acting on screen. 
uh, because there's different levels of actors. There is basic, which is actor, principal, uh, guest star lead. Now, there's probably more in the middle that I'm forgetting about, but that's just the basic. Actor has a certain amount of lines, and as you go up, you're building more lines. Um, so it's just pretty much called a, a principal actor. That's what you want if you want to act on screen with lines. Um, or if you want to be in commercials. So there's also agents that are separate who don't do commercials and who can do commercials and principal work. There's also agents that do voiceover. There's there's agents that can do it all or there's agents who just do one thing. My agent focuses primarily on principal work, but she has submitted me for commercials in the past as well. And I have a separate agent for voice acting because my principal agent doesn't do voice, which wasn't a big deal to me because I'm not really a super passionate voice actor, but I did want that to be an open option for me. So I did end up going and getting a separate voice agent. But I, the first steps is to decide what kind of actor you want to be. Okay, you want to be a principal actor and you want an, an agent that does this and this. Cool. Now you know what you want. You might not get it, but you know what you want now. The second step is to get everything that you need. So you're going to want to write a cover letter. You're going to want to have a resume and you're going to want to have headshots and a demo. Now, you're probably like, what the fuck is all of that? So let's start with the cover letter. So a cover letter, we all know what a cover letter is. It's, hi, this is who I am. This is why you should hire me. But instead, the format for this cover letter should be, hi, this is why I want you this is why you should want me and this is why we would work together so the first paragraph is this is why i want you the second paragraph and these are super short paragraphs don't like this whole thing should be half a page nobody wants to read a long cover letter so a few sentences on why the agent you want the agent the second few sentences that paragraph should be why the agent should want you, what you bring to the table, what experience you have, what education you have, keep it really point blank, um, who you've maybe been taught by, easy. And then the last little paragraph, few sentences, is why you guys would work together so well. We both have the same goals. We both believe in following your dreams. I know that we can work together really well because we have passion that we both share. Whatever. You keep it simple, but keep it to the point. I want you. You want me. This is why we'll work great together. That's the cover letter. Dear blank, in that first little paragraph when you're talking about why I want you as my agent, personalize it a little bit. Do your research. Okay, let's go to the character's talent agency. 
oh, there's this um, agent. Ooh. Oh, she posts about dogs. Oh, okay. You love dogs. I love dogs. Okay. Maybe I can bring that up. Oh, she, I love how she posts about, you know, her, her clientele. I like that you post when they're successful. Okay. Oh, this is nice. So, you know, you do a little bit of research and you implement what you like about what you've seen into that first little paragraph because then they feel like you actually want them, that you've done enough research that you want an agent so badly, you want them to be your agent so badly that you've personalized your cover letter. So that is number one. And a cover letter is super important because it explains a little bit of who you are. There's no telling of who you are until you get an email back from an agent saying, let's have a meeting. So this cover letter is really who who you are in uh, five sentences. So make it count. Then the resume. Now, for a resume, you can have no experience. You could have no education. You still need it. I had only a little bit of experience, but I had my education on there. And, you know, they, I mean, it's tough because some agents look for that experience and some don't mind it. I was lucky that I'm young, so they see that, okay, she doesn't have experience, but she's young. So it's not that she's 30 and she has no experience and we can we should be concerned of why okay there but there's a structure so you have your experience on the top now if you're watching i will put a picture of what my resume looks like and what my cover letter looks like so you can see but pretty much the structure should be your name you don't really want to put your personal information like your um, you don't really want to have your phone number, your email. You are emailing them so they have your email. So it doesn't need to be on the cover letter or the resume unless they specifically ask for it to be. And then you could put if you're union or non-union. So I have my name and then I have my union status. And then I have whatever experience I do have. So my film in experience, any theater experience, anything. If you were in a play when you were two years old, write down nine to five um, ensemble and whatever fucking theater you performed it at. If it was your elementary school, just write down say, OK, so my elementary school was Lee Elementary School. I would say Lee Theater. Boom. I'm not lying. But I'm not saying it was an elementary school play. So I did nine to five. So I did it at my high school, Terry Fox. So I said nine to five ensemble Terry Fox theater. I did a middle school play. So I wrote Gathering Blue, the character I played, Maddie, Minicata Theater. I don't say Minicata Middle School Theater. They don't need to know. And then I've I've done I did a really, really bad high school movie for English class. And it's on here. Happy Detention Day lead student film. It doesn't have to be crazy. So if you did 
you know, some really stupid thing, they're not really going to check. They're not going to check what you did. Okay, because you have a demo. So you just write down literally anything that you've done. Consumer, SOC, crazy eights. SOC, silent on camera. That shit counts. You don't say background, you say SOC. Because that is an actor status. Um, and then after your experience, you have your training. So I have all my training written down. And then underneath your training, special skills. Any special skill you have. I have tap, jazz, ballet, acro, gymnastics, improv, and I am triple vaccinated. It's not a skill to be vaccinated, but they do. They want to know. They're not able to ask you. They can't ask you what's your vaccination status. But when you have it written down, they don't have to and they know. Because in order to be on set now after COVID, you need to be fully vaccinated. But they can't ask you. So you want to just have it written down. And also, just to be completely honest, when you have a meeting with an agent, just tell them. If you are a part of the LGBTQ community, tell them if you're vaccinated. Um, They can't ask you those questions, but it does really help. So I'm queer. So I told my agent, hey, by the way, I'm totally down to have same sex relations in a TV show or movie. Now she knows, Okay, Alexia is okay for me to submit her to this kind of acting work. And she's fully vaccinated, so I know she can be on set and I don't have to worry about that. So that's just a few things that you want to tell your um, agent when you're having a meeting uh, just to help them out. So to help them out a little bit more, you can have it written down on your um, your resume that you are triple vaccinated. It's very helpful for them. So that's your resume, the structure of it. You keep it really simple. It doesn't have to look really pretty because when you get an agent, they're actually going to remake the resume for you with the agency's logo on it. So if you're watching, I will put in place my new resume that I got after I have an agent. And anytime you upgrade anything, any education or any skills, they're going to add that to the resume for you. You might just have to send an email and be like, hey, can I have the updated version of my resume? I don't really need it, but it's just good to have if you want, but they will have it all on file. So then after you have your cover letter and you have your resume ready, you need headshots. You just, you need them. Now, they might just say any picture of of you with a blank background is good. But if you want to show them that you're serious, you get you get headshots. Um, If you're in the Vancouver area, I recommend Jenna Berman. She is the best of the best. So if you're really going to take your acting career seriously, spend the money on Jenna. Get the best headshots you will ever get from her. It's a lot of money, but really you're saving it because hers are so great. Um, So you get headshots and you have those ready. Usually you can pick three headshots from a photographer. Some of them do different rules, uh, but you want to have different looks. 
not even different looks. I just each picture should kind of show a different um, you. Some people say you want to be Hallmark. You want to be Lifetime. You want to be CW. You want to look this. You want to look that. I don't. Just look like you. At the end of the day, a casting director looking at hundreds and hundreds of headshots of people trying to look like a network isn't really cool. They're going to pick the one that looks, oh, this, I, I feel like I know this person from this picture. So, I mean, if you want to learn more about headshots, I have a episode of the podcast with Jenna Berman. We talk about it in more detail. Check it out. So, yes, headshots are extremely important. One of the most important. I, I would argue they are more important than headshot. I mean, sorry, than a resume. I would say that headshots act as a resume. Because when you, your agent submits you to something so you can get an audition for it, there's like an array, honestly, hundreds of headshots on a board, on their screen, whatever. They are minuscule, okay? They're like an inch big because there's so many. So they have to look through all of these headshots and pick the people who they want to see auditions from. Now, if your headshots suck, they're not going to pick you. But if you have captivating headshots that look nice, that tell a story, that show who you are, they're going to want to see a, an audition from you. So it's really important that your, your headshots are good. Because if they're not good, you're really not going to get many auditions. They really have to show off who you are. Now, now that you have a brilliantly written cover letter, your resume, and the most beautiful headshots that look just like you look like in real life with not much makeup, maybe a little sweater because, hey, let's be real, we all wear comfy clothes, even characters in TV shows. So, once you have those really beautiful headshots, you need a demo reel. Mm, this is super important because this is what shows your future agent your acting ability. So a demo reel, in short, is just two separate scenes edited together to be a small video showing off two characters you can play. And uh, you pretty much want two very different characters. You don't want to do a mean girl in one and then a mean girl in another. You want to be a mean girl in one scene and then the absolutely most beautiful, kind-hearted person in another. You want to be the happiest person in one scene and the saddest person in another scene. So you want two contradicting scenes. You want them to be opposite of each other, back to back. And then you pick the one that is the most um, captivating to be first. You pick the best one to put first. Because if they're not liking that first scene, they're not going to give the second scene a chance. So if you do a comedy scene, you, may, you probably want that to be first because it's going to go by quicker. And then if you do a somber scene, you probably want that to be last. 
and they're going to see the range. If you show two very opposite scenes, well, the agents know that you can pretty much do everything in between those two scenes. So your range is quite large. But if you put two similar scenes together, then they're going to think you have a very, very, very small window of what you can perform. The different characters you can play are very slim because this person only showed me pretty much the same character in two different scenes. So I don't want them because I don't trust that they can do enough. But when when an actor displays two very opposite scenes, that makes the agent believe that you are capable of auditioning for very, very different characters because you've showed me right now that you can. So I just have to say that's very important that your demo reel shows opposite scenes. You also don't want it to be long. I say three to four minutes max. You don't really want it to be five minutes because think about it. If they have so many people submitting for their agency, they're not, they don't have time to watch all of them. If you keep it short, you keep it entertaining, you keep it good, they're going to watch it. They're going to be interested in you. They're going to want to see more of you. They're going to want to have that meeting with you because you have a good demo reel. You have headshots. You have a cover letter that is unique and you have a resume. The other thing with demos is you do not want to send them a video file. They don't want to download it. They don't want to take up the space. They will not wait for the downloading to take 10 minutes just to watch your demo. So do not ever send agencies a video file. You upload the video to YouTube. You put it on the unsolicited uh, setting which is pretty much just people who have the link to this video can watch it. And then you write in the um, in the email, demo, video, and then the link. Because that's easy. They press the link. It takes them straight to the video. They don't have to download anything. They can watch that three and a half minute video be done. Go back, check your headshots, tech, check your resume check your cover letter. Boom, they'll email you back saying, no, thank you. Or saying, hey, let's get that meeting going. So you need those four things. And you need, you can't half-ass them. You can't, you know, have a bad demo. You can't have, you can get away with not having the best headshots while submitting to agents. Like me. I didn't have great headshots, but then I got my agent and she's like, we're going to get you better headshots because these ones, they're not going to get you work. So you can have not the best headshots to get you an agent, but they're probably going to say, okay, let's get you some better um, headshots. And they're probably going to have a list of different uh, photographers. You want to ask your agent if they say that you need um better headshots you want to say okay who would you recommend who do you like to see like mine gave me a list but she was like jenna berman is the best and i was like okay let's just do the best if we're gonna spend the money anyways let's do the best and i did and i love my headshots and you guys see them every time you press on a video so it's very important 
to have everything you need, to do the best at everything, and and to just put your heart into it. Because if you put your heart into, you know, that submission, they are going to tell that you want this, that you need this, that you're so passionate about it. If you send a one-sentence cover letter and, you know, your resume is kind of shit, plus the demo, you don't have one or it doesn't look good, they're not going to want you. Now let's go back to a demo reel. I'm actually going to put my demo into this podcast. So if you're listening, you will be able to hear my demo. And if you're watching, you'll be able to see my demo. So take a look. So where are you from? Texas. Texas, so exotic. Are you straight? What? Gay, straight, they, them. Do they even let you be gay in Texas? Um, I'm straight. Ugh, bummer, there are no good gays here. Hey guys, this is Jenny. She's my new friend and I'm totally in love with her. So be nice and worship her, okay? Um, howdy. Oh my God, I love Southern accents. I mean, you could say the nastiest shit and still get away with it. Like, I'll cut your face off. <laughs> See, still sounds so charming. And your skin is amazing. Do you jade roll? So, why'd you move to Willsbury? Um, my stepdad died. Oh shit! How'd he die? A car accident. Well, heart attack, then car accident. Was he on the freeway? Was he alone? Was he in a motorcycle? Because my idiot twin brother got a motorcycle, which sounds even more pathetic than it is, considering the fact that our birthday isn't until December, when he would even be able to drive it. And by that time, the roads are gonna be icy, and he's gonna get in a car accident and die immediately. Chill, Max. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I bringing up like really gruesome shit for you? It's just that I really love that stuff, and listening to podcasts about girls like me being brutally murdered is my favorite. You're gonna come chill with me after school, right? Hi. I'm, I'm so sorry to keep you waiting. Uh, I'm Detective Russell, and this is my partner, Detective Castle. Officer Lopez has uh, brought us up to speed. Okay, so he, he blindfolded you and took you to an apartment building. Um, I'm not really sure if it was an apartment. It kind of felt like it was one of those apartments that were above an, an office ground. I mean, I was there all Sunday listening for, for sounds of any kind, any neighboring sounds or anything, and, and I didn't hear, I didn't hear anything. Lisa, do you watch a lot of TV? Um... Yeah, I... why? Cop shows? Um, sure. I don't really understand why you're asking me this, though. We're just trying to get to the bottom of what really happened. I've been trying to get to the bottom of what really happened since I got here. Well, uh, were you blindfolded the whole time? Mm-hmm. Almost the whole time, yeah. And did you get a good look at the man's face? No, but I could describe it to you. How? He... He let me touch it. So, you're saying you saw his face, but with your hands? I saw... a lot. Look, Lisa, we get it. Maybe you met up with some friends after work, you, you partied, 
a little, you stayed out a little too late to go home without a good excuse. We get it. You don't get it. Come on, Lisa. You don't get it. Just tell us the truth. I was kidnapped. I was raped. Why won't you believe me? So that's a very basic demo. This is a starter demo where your, your background is a blue wall and it's just you and a reader. That's like every audition. That's what auditions look like. So that's a very basic reel. When you start to book work, you create a different kind of demo reel, and that's an on-camera demo reel. So that's when you start to add in the clips of the work that you've actually done. So then if casting directors ask you for a demo, you show them uh, the demo, and it's showing them past work that you've done so they can see what you look like on professional cameras, on screen, doing a take. Uh, if you have that kind of demo, that's what you want to send to your agent when you're submitting is a professional on-camera demo. But if you don't have that, just doing the two um, opposite characters with a blank wall behind you, some good audio, some good um, camera lighting, you know, make it look as good as you can. That's all. Just make it good. It doesn't have to be on a camera. It can be on your phone. It can be with natural light. But you want the quality to be good. You want your acting to be good. Take the best scene. Take a hundred takes of this damn scene. Pick the best one. Don't just do one and be like, oh, I stumbled there. But you know what? It's going to be fine. No. Do your best. So make your... Make your demos good. And don't do two different scenes but wear the same thing and look the same in both. If you are a popular girl in one, dress the part. And if you are a sad, miserable loner in the other, dress the part. Because no sad, miserable loner is going to dress like the popular kid and vice versa. Dress the part in your demo reels. That's super important is make them as authentic as possible. So now you have everything you need. And everything is good, top-notch quality, and you're feeling happy. You, you can search, uh, so I'm in Vancouver, so I can search Vancouver agencies, acting agencies, and then there, you know, you find a list of them, or you go onto their email, sorry, you go onto their websites and you click submissions, and then it'll give you an email. And it will tell you, okay, send the cover letter, the headshot, the this, the that. They might not ask for a cover letter. They might. They might not ask for something. But you, you, can, give it, you can give them everything they ask for. If they don't ask for a cover letter but you have one, don't send them a cover letter. Be very specific. Whatever they specifically ask for, do. Because they will tell you, um, write this as a subject line. And they will say, include your email, include this, include that, include and do every single thing that it tells you to do. A, that shows that you follow direction. And B, that shows that you are reading and actually following what they're telling you to do and not that you're just submitting a mass amount. Even if you are submitting a mass amount to everyone, you still took the time to read what they specifically want and did it. 
So it's very important you follow their rules. Exactly. And then you submit. And you just, you find all these agencies and you submit to all of them. Submit to as many as you can because that hires your chances of getting an agent. You can't really be picky. You can't say, I want to be with the character's talent agency and I will take nobody else. Because chances are, you might not. And then what happens? You've already, you've said you're not going to submit to anybody else, so you're not going to submit? No. Keep your options open. Have meetings with as many agents as you can, so then you can ensure you make the best choices for you and your career. So you submit, you send out those emails, you do exactly what they say, you include everything they need to include, you send them off, you make note of who you sent them to, you make note of who responds, who says, yes, let's have a meeting, and who says, no, not interested. Those people that you are going to have meetings with, those agents that you're going to have meetings with, you want to make sure that you feel that you trust them that you can get along with them professionally and that personally your personalities get along well, you need to make sure that you feel that they have their their uh, your best interest in mind and that they're going to work with you. Technically, they work for you, but I like the feeling that we're going to work together as a team. I never hold my fingers like this. This is really weird for the people watching. And finally, you want to make sure that... Together, you guys will be a dream team. You want, you probably want a bigger agency because then they already have connections and everything you need. But smaller boutique agencies are good as well. Um, a lot of the time too, if you're having options of different agencies. So for me, I was fortunate enough. I had four different agencies say yes to me. So it was my decision of which of the four I wanted to choose Ultimately, when I had the meeting with the agent that I had, she was the fourth agency um, to reach out to me and she was the, the last meeting I had. And in that meeting, I said yes to her because I felt that it was the best decision for me. It was the, the biggest agency that I had a meeting with yet and I felt like this was going to work. I really like her and I was like, oh, I get a good vibe. This is it. So I signed with her in that meeting. So if you have that that strong like, oh, this is the one and you've had other meetings um, already, choose that one. If you've only had one, I really recommend having other meetings being like, thank you. I will reach back to you once these other meetings uh, happen. I just want to make sure I'm making the best decision for me. And I guarantee the agency will understand. And if they don't, that's a red flag. If you have other actor friends, you want to reach out to them and you know, get their opinion on this agency, who they're with, what their journey of finding an agent was, what they would recommend, who they'd recommend. If you're also having options, if multiple, multiple people said yes to you, you want to go on IMDb, see who they represent, what actors they represent, who's been getting work, who's not been getting work, how many people get work, who doesn't get work, do you recognize anyone, do you know anyone? Um, and you just, you want, you want to just get all the information you could get about them. This is the moment to be a stalker and find all the information you can get about them. Go on Google reviews. See what people say about the agency. And that's the other thing. 
you don't really have much of a choice. Um, if you're submitting to an agency, you don't really... Some websites let you specifically pick what agent you want or there'll be like a general submission. Usually it's a general submission. So if you uh, um, submit to an agency, it's for all principal um, agents to look at. But if you want someone specific from this agency, you can maybe write it in the email or if the website lets you to select that person. I say do a general submission so your options are are bigger because um, the more limited you are with who you submit to and who you want to submit to, the more limited your chances are of actually getting an agency. So be broad and do you know the the power of attract the law of attraction is manifest who you want be supportive in yourself and trust that you will get an agent there's also timing i wouldn't recommend december uh or january i recommend like when when i was it was a good time because i got lots of replies back so i guess it was a good time was like the end of march april-ish um I say more of the middle of the year is a good time and not so much the beginning and not so much the end. Uh, so timing you want to you want to think of if you're with an agent and you want to switch agencies, you have to honestly do not phone an agent and say, hey, uh, I'm thinking of leaving. Do that in an email because you need a written letter. You need a written um you need you you need evidence, okay. And then there is a thirty to sixty day um, kind of mark where you have to stay with an agent before you switch, and it pretty much starts on that email day. So if you choose to phone them, it and you don't have email evidence that you have said you are going to switch, then it starts whenever that the next email is talking about that um, event. So just if you're going to leave written, do it in an email. And I just know this because a friend of uh, mine was going through this and she was struggling with it because of all these reasons. So just make it easy and do an email. <laughs> That's the best advice if you're going to switch agencies um, or leave one. So overall, that's pretty much my advice. Of course, there's questions that you might want to ask an agent. Um, there's basic ones like, uh, do you have anyone who looks like me in your roster already? What are your steps when you are introducing um, new actors into your agency, into your roster? What uh, websites do you need me to pay for? What do I have to have as a full membership? Are my headshots good? Would you recommend I get new headshots? How often do you want new headshots? Um, I don't know. You can just Google. Like, there's so many questions. But make them meaningful. Like, don't just ask questions to ask questions. Ask meaningful questions. I like to ask my agents um, 
or my that when I was in meetings, I like to ask them, what's your favorite part about being an agent? What's the most rewarding part? Um, and then you get that more of a one on one connection. So you get to know them and their passion a little bit and not just so much. I like to ask, what's your style? Are you a little bit more old fashioned with it? Do you like communication? Do you prefer emails or texting? Like, you know, you just want to you want to be as you want to you want to get to know them in their style as much as possible before you commit to it. And if you're getting a vibe that you just don't fuck with them, don't fuck with them. Go leave. Adios. If they're your only option, uh, you have a decision. Do you stick with them or do you wait and resubmit in a couple of months? That's something for you to figure out. Um, I think I've said pretty much all the advice I have. And if I think of more, I'll have a part two. And I honestly, I, I kind of want to have an episode with my agent if she would be interested uh, and and kind of just ask her what the perspective is from an agent's point of view. What do you want for? What questions do you wish you were asked? And um, that could be a good question as well in the meeting. What's a question that you wish more actors would ask you? Um, and just get to know the agent side of it more. What do you look for when you press that email? What do you, um, at what point do you start looking for agent or actors? At what point of the year is the most hot for new talent in your roster? So let me know if that would be something interesting for you guys. It would be for me regardless. Um, I hope I gave as much of good advice as I can like I said, my personal experience in finding an agent was really well, like good. I was lucky that I had multiple agents like me and want me on the roster and that the decision ultimately was mine in whoever I had the best connection to and whoever I felt like would be the best fit and the best agency for me. And I am very happy with the agent that I have at the agency that I am with. And my agent's brilliant. She's amazing. She makes sure that I'm all taken care of, that I know what everything means. She responds. She is great. I am so lucky and I made the right decision for me. And I hope that after all the advice that I've given you, when you sign with an agent, that you feel the same way. And if you don't, you can leave. That is always an option. Read your contracts, understand them, know what it what has to happen to leave. Um, but I hope you all love your agents as much as I do. Love mine and give them freaking Christmas presents. They put in that work for you year round and sometimes they don't make you money. Um, like sometimes they're putting in all that work and you're just not booking something, but they're giving you all these auditions, which is which is what their job is. If you are getting a bunch of auditions from your agent, that's a good agent. If you're not booking, that's OK. It takes some time. Like it took me a, a while to get my 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 one booking. And even though it took a while, it was fast. So you have to give one to three years to get, you know, your first booking. I was fortunate enough to get it before a year. Um, but 
like one to three years is the average. So as long as your agent is getting you auditions and you guys have good communication, that is what an agent needs to be. And you as the actor need to have good communication back. You need to submit everything on time early, really. And you need to be consistent. So, you know, you have expectations from the agent and they have expectations for you. And that was one thing that I I also asked my agent in the meeting was what expectations do you have for me if you were to sign me? And um, you want to hold true to those expectations. You want to exceed them. You want to be the best for your agent and they will be the best for you. So... Yeah, I hope you all get the best agents that you possibly can. I hope you get agents and you will start booking and auditioning and, you know, practice good mindset and goals and communication and all that good stuff. And good things will start coming back to you slowly but surely. That's what I believe for myself. I hope you guys enjoyed all of this quality content. Honestly, it is. People pay for this type of information. I paid for this information. And I'm giving it to you guys for free. So thank you for listening. Uh, I am talking to future guests. So stay tuned for that. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Actors, I believe in you. You will succeed if you believe you will succeed. Thank you, guys. Bye. (laughs) 